0: Welcome to the Warrior to Warrior podcast. Stories and skills to help you remember who you were before the world told you who you should be. Hello, as we come to the end of the first full week of October, this week I've been focusing on teaching skills associated with grounding. And that's a good question to ask ourselves when we're thinking about this concept. If we feel that it's something that we need, that we like to feel, what does grounding or being grounded mean to you? For me, when I feel grounded, I feel calm and connected to my values. Um, I'm coming from a responsive place rather than a reactive place. I have a sense of my feet on the ground. I feel solid and steady. It's very much the opposite of how I felt when I was really in the middle of disordered anxiety. And it's the opposite of how a lot of us feel when we're whooshing from one task to the next, when we would describe ourselves as feeling untethered, um, distracted, so much to distract us now. And it's a good time of the year to practice tools that help us to ground, which is why I'm teaching that. Because the sister science to yoga, Ayurveda, is a big part of a yoga therapist's toolkit. And fall is a season where That turbulence and distraction and sense of feeling ungrounded can be up in a lot of us, especially if our constitution is already somebody who tends to live in their head and consider themselves a warrior. So that's the first question that I have for you as we get started this week is, what does being grounded mean to you? And I would even suggest taking a few minutes to write that down. And if part of that is, well, grounded in what I want, grounded in my why, grounded in my intentions and my desires and my values, it's always a good time, especially at the beginning of the month, to get clear about what those are and what it is that you are grounding into. In this episode, I'm gonna talk a little bit more about how we can remain feeling grounded And that's really going to relate to a lot of the questions that came in from you. I'm going to answer a listener question because there was a pretty big theme of how to support somebody in our life that is experiencing anxiety or maybe even their first few panic attacks. And so they're really in a state of feeling ungrounded and terrified and how that can affect those of us who love somebody who's suffering with their mental health. And then we'll close this episode with a practice, just something short that you can do anywhere that can help you to feel just a little bit more calm and connected, which are another couple of words that I think of when I think about being grounded. So how does yoga therapy help us to come into this state of feeling steady and calm? It's actually a perfect practice to help us because we're moving if it's appropriate for us. And we know that movement is essential if we're feeling anxious, because if we're feeling anxious, we tend to have a lot of tension in our body and that can create a lot of issues. And maybe you can relate with this. When we're feeling tension, then we can be dealing with pain, neck, shoulder. We can be dealing with digestive issues and appropriate movement, especially rhythmic movement, almost a meditation and motion can help us to slowly release tension. And then that movement is also releasing some feel-good chemicals in the body that help us to relax. So if you just say to somebody who's feeling nervous, calm down, take a breath, relax, that's often not going to work because that person will need to do something in the form of appropriate movement to release some of that tension. And I think I've said this before, that's why If you've gone to any sort of mindful movement practice or even gone for a walk, you feel more clear headed afterwards. You might feel a boost. You might have a new perspective because things are changing in your body and your brain to help turn on the parts of your brain associated with learning new things and opening up to new perspectives and compassionate perspectives. So there's the movement piece and rhythmic movement is wonderful if you are feeling very ungrounded and that's something that i'm teaching a lot this week and then there's mindfulness and in a perfect world on our yoga mats not that you need to have a yoga mat to practice yoga there is a quality of being mindful of being present with what you're doing of paying attention and one of the definitions of mindfulness is doing what we are doing in the present moment on purpose. It's a state of noticing and observing through the senses without creating a story about what's going on, about observing and witnessing what is right here, right now. So noticing this breath, sensation in these hands, the way it feels if we move our arm like so, the way our body feels where we're standing or where we're sitting. And when you match that with movement, it's powerful because we know that the practice of mindfulness actually does depress the amygdala, the part of the brain that is associated with protecting and survival. So that's part of the brain that's really up when we're in a state of supreme vigilance, when we're feeling nervous and our eyes are scanning the room for a way out, we are in a real state of what if. It's the anxious cycle. You know, some of us will have anxious feelings in our body, the untethered feeling in our body. We might have sensations that happen in our body that we associate with feeling worried. And then our brains, because they're always coming up with reasons and it's up to us to discern whether that reason is something to listen to and take note of or disregard. Whether that reason is a habit something true. And very often in disordered anxiety or any anxiety that is a habit, the reasons that our brain comes up with some of those nervous feelings only serve to feed anxiousness. So then we have more of a physical response. But what may be going on is simply a sensation. And it's up to us to interrupt that train of thought and let ourselves know that we are indeed okay and we are safe, if that is the case, and very often that is the case, especially if worry has become habitual. And it doesn't take very long and it's not complicated in order to help yourself feel a little bit more grounded, especially in times when you are feeling like you can't sit still, you might be feeling a little bit jittery, and I know it can be uncomfortable to move inside and spend time with ourselves, if we are in the midst of a lot of worry and concern. I, I, I know that place. It can be as simple as going out for a walk. And rather than use that time to ruminate on our habitual what-ifs, use that time to really feel what it feels like to be out on that walk, to feel each footfall and the fabric moving on your skin and the temperature of the air and how that feels on your skin the sounds around you, the colors that you see. Anything that allows you to be right now, rather than what's next. And that can be a 10 minute walk, that can be a 20 minute walk. It can also be shaking, shaking your body, dancing around the house, moving in ways that I'm sure you have ways in which you move where it's rhythmic, where you're allowing yourself to move in time with the breath. Simply standing and feeling your feet on the ground, feeling sensations in your body, sensations in your hands, sensations in your feet, the connecting points between your body and what you're seated on. All of that is proven to turn on our relaxation response and we feel a sense of softening. And every time we move away from that kind of presence, and of course, it would be impossible to live consistently in that kind of presence. But every time we move away from that, whether it's in our formal practice or just on a regular day, there will be a level of tension that arises in the body and the mind. And you'll start to discern a softening when you come back to observing and witnessing rather than thinking. And, you know, thankfully, there are now dozens of books about anxiety. And I I thumb through a lot of them when I go to a bookstore and I've purchased a few for loved ones where there's 101 ways to soothe anxiety. There are a lot of different things that we can do to bring ourselves into the present moment. And I'm going to get to a few of those a little bit um, later on as I answer a listener question. So there's a little bit of context when it comes to keeping ourselves grounded and why that is important when we are perhaps caring for a loved one or somebody in our life is quite anxious, has told us that they feel like a panic attack is coming on or is experiencing uh, a panic attack for the first time. And before I answer any listener questions, I do want to say that my answers come through the lens of a yoga therapist. Yoga therapy is incredible for helping soothe an anxious body and mind because movement is so helpful in order to help us relax, in order to help us discharge stress. And sometimes that's the first thing that we want to do before we tend to the roots of anxiety because taking someone right to painful places in their mind when they're already anxious may not be helpful. So there is a beautiful place for talk therapy, but it can be helpful to move through yoga therapy first, where you're doing some practices that help you to balance physically. When that happens, and this is just because of physiological things that happen because of movement and because of deeper breath, which happens because of movement, is that The parts of the brain associated with feeling safe and calm get bigger or turn on. So that's what's happening. And then you come from a much more center grounded place if talk therapy is something that you feel would serve you. You're able to speak from a less confused place. And sometimes when we do the work to balance these different aspects of who we are, some of those things will clear up or we'll have our own enlightened moments where just with a pen and a paper, we can come to a lot of realizations about the lens that we view our life through or what's driving our worries. So I'm answering from that perspective and it's also the perspective of techniques that have worked for me and have worked for the students and clients that I have worked with. The Warrior to Warrior podcast will be right back. This episode is brought to you by my online resource, Warrior to Warrior Yoga Therapy. Experience the benefits of having your very own personal yoga therapist, me, anytime, anywhere. This inspiring resource for members includes weekly live online classes, workshops, and retreats, and a continuously updated library of high-quality therapeutic yoga, meditation, and personal development experiences in various lengths and themes to support a strong body, peaceful mind, and a courageous heart. Go to lisadumasyoga.com for your free trial. Ayurveda would call anxiety... A vata imbalance. V-A-T-A. And you've heard me talk about this word on the show before. You've heard Amy and I, uh, my former co-host, talk about the doshas according to Ayurveda. I have an interesting relationship with the doshas. Talking about them makes me feel a little woo. But on the other hand, it works to really view ourselves and other people through this model. It really works works. To think of ourselves as having these different elements within, and each of us, depending on time of day, time of our life, um, how we've been sleeping, how we've been eating, season, we can be slightly imbalanced. And so those of us who might have more vata in their systems, we might think about people who are very anxious, have a hard time Sitting still, always fidgeting, talk in a very vata manner. So, really, really quick, 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 fast talkers, um, very distracted, going from one thing to another. That might be what vata looks like in a person. But it also is not this negative thing. All of these qualities, all of these doshas come with their beautiful aspects when they are drawn into balance. So vata is about air and lightness. So this is creativity. Those of us who are interested in meditation and connecting with a deeper part of ourselves, sometimes those of us who are vata, we are called to that. Um, That comes, that comes to us. We understand that. So there's a, a lot of Wonderful things that come to relating with ourselves as having different qualities that can become out of balance. But when you look at what would balance something that is light and very mobile on the move and very airy and turbulent, well, ground. Ground would balance that. Getting out of the head and getting into the body. So the theme of questions that I've decided to answer this week, because a few of them came in around people worried about somebody in their life who had either been diagnosed with disordered anxiety, with disordered panic, or felt that they were anxious. And they just wanted some advice on how to support that person because it can be a scary thing. So the first thing that I want to say is if somebody that you love is experiencing a scary episode of panic for the first time, and this is very scary for them. It will likely be very scary for you, especially if you've never witnessed somebody have an anxiety attack. And it can look very different for many different people. Some people will just go silent, and still, some people will will be so frightened and be telling you that they think that they're having a heart attack or their stroke or 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 they're dying. It'll be it'll be a literal panic. It'll be fight or flight, that aspect of the nervous system is turned way on. The brain is saying, danger, danger, get me out of here, get me to safety. That person wants to run. That person may freeze. That person may hide. That person may react in anger if asked what's wrong. They may lash out. There may be strong emotions associated with it. So it can be really confronting, not just for that person, but for the people around. And I'm all for if you're not sure what's going on, if that person's not sure what's going on, I am all for going to a healthcare provider, going to the hospital. That's the first thing that I did when I had that initial panic attack that sent me to the emergency room because I've never felt anything like that. And it does feel really scary. And a big part of healing for me, and I know a lot of people that I have spoken to, is finding out that everything's okay. And it is a good idea to get certain things tested because there are a lot of other imbalances that can be responsible for feeling anxiety, like mineral deficiencies, iron and magnesium, certain other nutritional deficiencies. There can be things that you might be drinking or eating or doing that are exacerbating the situation and you have no idea about. So getting educated and going to healthcare providers who can help you and your loved one to understand that this was an anxiety attack rather than a heart attack information is power i needed to get a lot of checkups on my heart <laughs> to be told that that it was fine and i and i had a cardiologist say to me once you know your heart can take it and that went a long way in helping me to be, feel comfortable i am one of these people who can consistently hear and feel her heartbeat and sometimes our heartbeat is irregular, just every once in a while. That can be really normal. That's what I've been told. And I can feel that. And that used to really, really freak me out. And now I put a hand in my heart and I know that my heart can take it. And I also know that I have a healthy heart. Like I'm 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 pretty good about regular checkups because of <laughs> probably an over vigilance that I had around my my own health and keeping an eye on certain things. So I'm all for getting things checked out with healthcare providers, making sure that levels are where they need to be and balancing yourself out nutritionally and with sleep as much as you can. But then there are the aspects of disordered anxiety that come from places that a healthcare practitioner cannot see, that a loved one cannot see. And these are qualities that come with childhood. I just heard, I think I said it last week, because I was so blown away by it, that children who have separation anxiety are more likely to have anxiety attacks as they grow older. And that is true for many of the people that I have worked with. So you you can see that there is a constitutional element. Some of us who've had much more instances where Their fight, flight, freeze response has been turned on a lot in their lives, may have even more imbalance when it comes to their nervous system as they get older. And even learning that can be helpful. Letting that person know that what their body is trying to do is actually keep them safe. That's also super helpful to understand what's going on in the brain, to understand what's going on in the body. The body is getting messages that there is danger. And so these feelings associated with a panic attack, a racing heart and trembling limbs, getting really cold but sweating at the same time, these are all the things that need to happen in order to help your body survive and protect itself if there was a physical threat. Understanding that can help and down the road is you become more adept at feeling the signs of anxiety. This is something that you can interrupt by the way that you manage your self-talk and relating with your body. So let's say that the conditions are you love somebody or you're caring for somebody who has already been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder or with chronic episodes of panic, and you are around them when something happens or you just want to support them. One of the best ways to support the people that we love is to tend to our own mental health, is to make sure that we are balancing our quality of vata, that we are grounded. It is not easy, especially if This is one of your children that you're talking about, somebody that you love really deeply. Seeing somebody that we love scared makes us scared. That's really natural. But like I said, if you already know that this is an anxiety attack, this is something that's happened before, one of the best things that you can do is show up for that person from a place of feeling grounded. Take a moment to feel your own feet on the ground. Take a moment to feel your own body. And then there are many things that we can do to help. I would recommend not telling that person to calm down or to just breathe or that everything's going to be okay. I would more recommend if that person is open to being held or touched. Touch can go a long way to calming. That really does help to calm the nervous system. Holding that person, if that person doesn't want to be held, but is open to instruction, is asking for help, wants help, you can remind that person that they are safe and remind them by bringing them physically into the environment that is safe and help them to notice things around the environment. So some common things that we can do for ourselves and others when feeling really anxious and totally in the head and not connected to the body anymore is to notice things around us that are specific colors, that are specific shapes, notice things that are smooth, notice things that are rough, to focus on things that you can hear within the environment, to focus on things that you can feel to get that person moving in an appropriate way, to get that person sweeping their arms up when they inhale and sweeping their arms down when they exhale, to stomp the feet, to march around, to shake it out, to tense and release different areas of your body. These are instructions that you can give or reminders that you can give if you happen to be with somebody and you want to support them in this way. If that person is asking for your help and that is the dynamic of your relationship, these are some ideas. And allowing, you know, really holding space. And I've had, a, I've had experience of when that person who is feeling very anxious in front of you, witnesses you feeling calm and safe, and almost feeling that sense of balance vata from you, that can be catching, you know, just like anxiousness can be catching. I think we've all had this experience when we see somebody that's really nervous or somebody is talking to us that's really nervous. We start to feel those sensations as well. We're always picking up on one another's cues. So if you are focusing on your own grounding of being this safe place of staying with yourself, rather than jumping in and just wanting to take it away, which of course we want to do if it's somebody that we love. That is going to support that person. That is going to have a ripple effect into that person's system as well. If that person has had uh, these sorts of worries or if they've been spinning in this way, it doesn't have to be a full-blown anxiety attack that you're supporting somebody with. If you just notice that they're spinning You know, we don't have to fix. We can simply hold space and remind that person that they are safe and offer them all of these different concepts in order to get back into a state of feeling tethered, feet on the floor, what's right now, befriending sensations in the body getting more curious about sensations in the body rather than fully resistant. Anxiety attacks are moments of being completely resistant to everything that is happening in the now. And unfortunately, many of us who've come to the other side of chronic panic attacks, and if you haven't heard me say it, I suffered for close to 15 years because I just wasn't looking at them at all. I was just, (laughs) just hoping they would go away, but eventually, if we have some experience with them, we do know that they will end. And if we can soften and be more accepting of the sensations that can become habitual in our body, because it takes a while to balance through yoga therapy practices, or maybe enhanced nutrition, better sleep, you know, whatever the protocols are that are going to work for you, because there'll be something that will work differently for each person which is one reason that I love practicing yoga therapy so much, because one person's constitution will attract some techniques, while another will attract more. So somebody who's already very vata in their constitution, who's already very distracted, and then moves into anxiety, you know, they're going to need a lot more grounding, whereas somebody who has a lot of fire, and it's actually that fire that is amping up their anxiety, they may, may need different movement. They need may need to sweat a little bit. They may, may need to break a sweat and exert themselves a little bit more, uh, move a little bit more dynamically in order to come to a place of relaxation. But for everybody, you know, whether we just consider ourselves a worrier to the point that we know it's affecting our lives or or whether we are really in the midst of anxiety that is incredibly uncomfortable to understand that you're not alone and that this is normal, you're not broken, you're a lot more resilient than you think, and that you can do things that are uncomfortable, that you can feel uncomfortable, that you can move through that discomfort. And those of us who have moved through these more serious episodes of panic, I think we, we do start to feel a little bit more resilient. And it takes a while to trust, to trust our bodies, and to build a new relationship with our bodies. but it it just takes practice, just like anything else. So thank you so much for those of you who wrote in to me. Um, you wrote in to me on my Instagram account at lisa dumas yoga therapy, but there's also a warrior to warrior pod account. And if you don't do social media, I don't blame you. You could email me at lisa at lisa dumas Yoga.com. It was so sweet to read these notes about supporting somebody else who is struggling right now. I've been there and it's, it almost hurts more than when I was struggling with it myself to witness somebody that we love be fearing fear which is that's what it's like i mean you're just in a state of utter fear experiencing fear and fearing your entire experience (laughs) fearing your body fearing your brain no it's not fun it's not fun and it's normal And for some of us, it could be an invitation. It could be an invitation. It could be a messenger just inviting you to consider eventually the roots of these worries and whose voice is that in the mind? And what lens are you viewing yourself and the world through? And if it is essentially an unsafe lens, there is probably a reason for that, a reason that you know that. And you can focus on the parts of your life where you do feel safe or a time in your life when you felt safe. It's not easy and it's a lot more challenging for some of us than others based on past trauma, based on our specific path of life. And for all of us, whether it's easy for us to think of a time when we felt safe or not, really, a lot of these therapeutic interventions can help us to cultivate a safe place within ourselves. So we are our own safe place. And what resonated with me, how I started to feel within some of my yoga practices and meditations was that when I could find that quiet place inside myself. That almost felt like a place that had never been afraid. And that's the way that I started to relate with the aspect of myself that was watching it all. And we explore that aspect of ourselves with mindfulness practices. As we're watching our breath and body sensations and watching our worries and thinking, we can connect to the part of us that is watching. And for me, that ever abiding quiet, calm place is a safe place. So that's a place that I can connect. And that's the way I resonate with safety now. But there are a lot of different interventions, as I say, that can help us be our own safe place. And the good thing is there are so many paths now towards healing. You know, I'm, I'm open to those. Again, we're all different. It's going to take something different for each of us. So again, thank you so much for those questions. I look forward to hearing from you and I'll answer the best that I can. And again, if I don't have the answer, I have people around me that I can bring on the show and they will have the answer. So I'd like to close this episode with a simple practice to support you when you feel like you need a little grounding. It doesn't matter how often I practice. I'll need to do this several times through the day. So this is just one example. Even if you happen to be in the car, there's a way that you could do this, but better to do this when you're in your home. Or even if you're at work, you can absolutely do this at your desk. So when you can't move in dynamic ways or get on your yoga mat, you can quickly ground yourself by taking an inhale and making fists with your hands, flexing your feet. And if you can, if you're somewhere private, even firming up and squishing your face or opening up your mouth really wide. And you'll do that as you take a big inhale. And you'll hold that inhale at the top. This isn't going to be right for everybody, but you can just sample it. And then exhale out the nose and release Every part of your body where you create a tension, where you are squeezing, release that. So you do it again. Take a deep breath in. Shrug your shoulders to your ears. Firm up your face. Make fists with your hands. Flex your toes. Hold the breath for a beat, maybe even five beats. And then exhale and release everywhere where you're holding. Exhale out the nose. Let the exhale be complete. And we'll do it one more time. Take a deep breath in, shrug your shoulders to your ears, make fists, flex your feet, firm up your mouth. Hold the breath if that feels okay. And then release the feet in the hands, the shoulders and the face, release a long exhalation out of the nose. Keep that exhalation going. See that exhalation moving down into your feet. And feel the sensations of your feet, maybe the connection of your feet with the ground. Feel the sensations of your hands. Feel feet and hands at the same time. Feel feet and hands and face at the same time. And then feel your whole body. And be with your body. And this might be a nice time to consider, well, now that I'm feeling grounded, what am I grounding into? What am I grounding into today, tomorrow, next week, this month? The act of being grounded is more powerful when we have a sense of what we're grounding into when we know that when we're moving into our practices let me know how that went for you reach out to me if you have any comments or questions or your favorite ways of grounding i'd love to hear them we will see you next week Thanks again for listening to the Warrior to Warrior podcast. If you enjoyed it, please take a moment to give this podcast a five-star review. You can do that in the Apple podcast app. It helps other people to find the show. Thank you so much.